0: Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. A special thanks to our newest patrons, Stanley Oameen and Daniel McGehee. By becoming patrons, Stanley and Daniel now get access to 100 additional podcasts from our archive that are no longer available in our current public list, as well as full transcripts to every episode. To get that same access, become our patron today. You can do so for as little as $3 a month. Learn more at livinghour.org slash patron. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from the writings of Nikola Tesla. If you want to find the secrets of the universe... Think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. The scientists of today think deeply instead of clearly. One must be sane to think clearly, but one can think deeply and yet be quite insane. The day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence. If your hate could be turned into electricity, it would light up the whole world. Be alone. That is the secret of invention. Be alone. That is when ideas are born. My brain is only a receiver. In the universe there is a core from which we obtain knowledge, strength, and inspiration. I have not penetrated into the secrets of this core, but I know that it exists. What we now want is closer contact and a better understanding between individuals and communities all over the earth. And the elimination of egoism and pride, which is always prone to plunge the world into primeval barbarism and strife. Peace can only come as a natural consequence of universal enlightenment. Everyone should consider their body as a priceless gift from one whom they love above all, a marvelous work of art, of indescribable beauty, and a mystery beyond human conception, one so delicate that a word, a breath, a look, nay a thought, may injure it. I do not think there is any thrill that can go through the human heart like that felt by the inventor, as they see some creation of the brain unfolding to success. Such emotions make you forget food, sleep, friends, love, everything. Our virtues and our failings are inseparable like force and matter when they separate we are no more i don't care that someone stole my idea i care that they don't have any ideas of their own all that was great in the past was ridiculed condemned combated suppressed only to emerge all the more powerfully, all the more triumphantly, from the struggle. Can anyone doubt today that all the millions of individuals on earth constitute an entity, a unit, a whole? Though free to think and act, we are held together, like the stars in the firmament. By inseparable ties. These ties cannot be seen, but we can feel them. I cut myself in the finger, and it pains me. This finger is a part of me. I see a friend hurt, and it hurts me too. My friend and I are one. And when I see stricken down an enemy, a lump of matter which, of all the lumps of matter in the universe, I care least for, it still grieves me. Does this not prove that each of us is only part of a whole? For ages this idea has been proclaimed in the consummately wise teachings of religion, probably not only as a means of ensuring peace and harmony among people, but as a deeply founded truth. The Buddhist expresses it in one way, the Christian in another, but both say the same. We are all one. Life is and will ever remain an equation incapable of solution, but it does contain certain known factors. We crave for new sensations, but soon become indifferent to them. The wonders of yesterday are today common occurrences. Invention is the most important product of our creative brain. Its ultimate purpose is the complete mastery of mind over the material world. The harnessing of human nature to human needs. Today's scientists have substituted mathematics for experiments. And they wander off through equation after equation. Eventually building a structure which has no relation to reality. What one person calls God. Another calls the Laws of Physics. If you only knew the magnificence of the three, six and nine, then you would have the key to the universe. Nature may reach the same results in many ways, like a wave in the physical world. In the infinite ocean of the medium which pervades all. So in the world of organisms, in life, an impulse started proceeds onward. A single ray of light from a distant star, falling upon the eye of a tyrant in bygone times, may have altered the course of his life, may have changed the destiny of nations, may have transformed the surface of the globe. So intricate, so inconceivably complex, are the processes in nature. In no way can we get such an overwhelming idea of the grandeur of nature, than when we consider that in accordance with the law of the conservation of energy, throughout the infinite. The forces are in a perfect balance, and hence the energy of a single thought may determine the motion of a universe. The gift of mental power comes from God, the divine being, and if we concentrate our minds on that truth, we become in tune with this great power. I am a part of a light, and it is the music. The light fills my six senses. I see, hear, feel, smell, touch, and think it. Thinking of it means my sixth sense. Particles of light are written notes. A bowl of lightning can be an entire sonata. A Thousand Balls of Lightning is a Concert. From childhood I was compelled to concentrate attention upon myself. This caused me great suffering, but now it seems a blessing in disguise, for it taught me to appreciate the inestimable value of introspection in the preservation of life as well as a means of achievement. Most people are so absorbed in the contemplation of the outside world that they are wholly oblivious to what is passing on within themselves. The premature death of millions is primarily traceable to this cause. Even among those who exercise care, it is a common mistake to avoid imaginary dangers and ignore the real ones. What is true of an individual also applies more or less to a people as a whole. I am credited with being one of the hardest workers, and perhaps I am, if thought is the equivalent of labor, for I have devoted to it almost all of my waking hours. But if work is interpreted to be a definite physical performance in a specified time, according to some fixed rule, then I may be the worst of idlers. It is not the love you make, it is the love you give. Three possible solutions of the great problem of increasing human energy are answered by these three words. Food. Peace. Work. These three words sound the keynotes of the Christian religion. Their scientific meaning and purpose are now clear to me. Food to increase the mass. Peace to diminish the retarding force and work to increase the force-accelerating human movement. These are the only three solutions possible for that great problem. And all of them have one object, one end. Namely, to increase human energy. When we recognize this, we cannot help wondering how profoundly wise and scientific and immensely practical the Christian religion is and in what a marked contrast it stands in this respect to other religions it is unmistakably the result of practical experiment and scientific observation which have extended through the ages while other religions seem to be the outcome of merely abstract reasoning work Untiring effort, useful and accumulative, with periods of rest and recuperation, aiming at higher efficiency, is the chief and ever-recurring command. Thus we are inspired by both Christianity and science to do our utmost toward increasing the performance of humankind. From great moments, great opportunity is born. Thomas Edison's method was inefficient in the extreme. For an immense ground had to be covered to achieve anything at all. unless less blind chance intervened. And at first I was almost a sorry witness of his doings. Knowing that just a little theory and calculation would have saved him 90% of the labor. But he had a veritable contempt for book learning and mathematical knowledge, trusting entirely his inventor's instinct and practical American sense. In view of this, the truly prodigious amount of his actual accomplishments is little short of a miracle. My method is different. I do not rush into actual work. When I get an idea, I start at once building it up in my imagination. I change the construction, make improvements, and operate the device entirely in my mind. The scientist does not aim at an immediate result. They do not expect that their advanced ideas will be readily taken up their work is like that of the planter, for the future. Our duty is to lay the foundation for those who are to come, and point the way. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in book form by visiting the website... InspirationalLifeLessons.com Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.